All right, I want to share a, a little bit with you tonight. I've taken this, and uh, this was uh, an information night we did about our campus launch a number of weeks ago, and uh, we wanted to share this with the entire church with a few extra things uh, added in as well, just tailored it for a weekend service. But how many believe God that 2018 is going to be a great year for living hope? Can I get an Amen. One of the things we're so passionate about is making Jesus famous in our city. We want Jesus to have a good reputation in our city. How many can say amen to that? Come on, he gets a bad rap all over the place. You and I, through the way we live and the way we represent him, I believe we can help begin to transform people's view of Jesus, and there will be more open hearts than ever before to encountering the power and the love of Jesus. Amen? Obviously, in 2018... There's going to be various things happening in our church, but I mean, the biggest thing that, as you know, we're working towards, we're praying for, we're giving money towards is the opening of our first ever campus, our first (laughs) campus launch. How many are excited about this? Amen? So I'm going to share with you tonight some of what we're doing to prepare for that. I got got a few words here that I want to share with you. I've got about six elements that we're going to use in our training. We've got training nights taking place during the A-team nights. Uh, We had our first one uh, in November, and then they pick up again in January, and they'll go right through till the spring or early summer. Uh, And I would encourage you, these are open to anybody and everybody. What we're training and teaching on is going to be applicable in both sites. Okay, I've said this uh, already to those who were out on a team night, but it's going to be a similar vision, mission, and strategy in both church locations. One church and two locations. We're not two separate entities doing things a different way. Uh, We're believing God that we're going to have an impact in more neighborhoods in our city once we get that campus open. Amen? Uh, As of now, the way things are looking, the way things have been progressing construction-wise, we're on target for an April-May finish uh, at the Gage Park campus. Uh, The next video update we do is you're really going to see progress from the last one. There's been a lot that has happened in the last month, uh, and that's coming your way shortly. But I want to share uh, some of these, um, some of the key thoughts and principles here, and I believe that this can inspire us, and I'm hoping this is going to unify us as a church so that we head into 2018 excited about what God is going to do. How many know God blesses unity, amen? God wants us to be unified uh, 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 under his plans and purposes. In Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20, We received the great commission from Jesus. This is what his marching orders were before he was finished on earth. He said, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I am always with you, even to the end of the age. Come on, that right there makes his mission possible because he's with us all the time. Amen? How many know God is with you? The power of the Lord is with you all the time, everywhere you go. The word nations in this passage means a race or a people group, uh, the Gentiles or the heathen world. In other words, in this context, it was referring to a nation apart from Israel. Back then, they had this idea that only Israel was the chosen people of God. And he's telling them, here, I want you to go into all people groups, into all nations. Everybody is invited into my kingdom not just a select few. Everybody is invited to be part of this journey. In Acts 1.8, we see another great verse that says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. 
Again, in this context, Jerusalem was their city. Judea is their broader region where Jerusalem is located. Samaria is the further regions in Palestine and outside uh, of Judea. And then, of course, the ends of the earth, every tongue, tribe, and nation. How many know that the kingdom of God should represent every tongue, tribe, and nation? Amen? I love the fact that in our church, we see so much of that already. It's just a small glimpse of what heaven's going to be like. Heaven is going to have representation from every single corner of the planet. Small little tribes on the other side of the world that you and I will never meet, we're going to be worshiping in heaven together one day. We're going to be worshiping the same king uh, together. Our mission as a church, it always has been and it always will be, connecting people to Jesus. Seeing people come into a life-transforming relationship with Jesus. How many here are thankful that you met Jesus and he transformed your life? Can I get an amen? Come on, he changes everything. About three-quarters of our church is made up of people who were unchurched or unsaved before they came here. In other words, we're not interested in trying to outdo other churches or poach people from other churches. I would love it if every single church had the mission that I'm going to go and share the good news in my community and be seeing more and more people come to know Jesus, more and more people starting their relationship with Jesus. Listen to this great verse in Jeremiah 29. Uh, Verses 6 and 7, it says, multiply, do not dwindle away. That sounds like a good plan. Work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I have sent you. Pray to the Lord for it, because its welfare will determine your welfare. Verse 11, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. How many know Jesus is the hope of our city? Come on, Jesus is the one who loves our city. He loves the people in our city. He wants you and I to be praying and interceding and sharing the good news of Jesus all throughout our city. I think it's amazing to see that regular people like us can join together and be used by God for his plan, his mission, his purpose. Think about it. Think about what you were doing before you knew Jesus. And now think about the fact that you can read these scriptures and say, yes, that's my life marching order. That's what I'm involved in. That's what I get to do with my life. That wasn't the case before Jesus showed up. We weren't involved in something so grand and something so historic, something eternal before we knew Jesus, but now we do. And it's going to take a committed team, a committed family, a committed church that says we are up for the task. We are going to keep our eyes fixed on what God has before us, and nothing is going to slow us down from accomplishing his mission in our lives. Nothing is going to get in our way from seeing his will established in our city. The enemy would love to resist and push back and divide, but God is bigger than all attempts of the enemy. Can I get an amen? The enemy hates that we're trying to take some new territory. It was all God's territory to begin with. The enemy's the one that's been stealing territory. Let's get real here. We're going back to take some back that already rightfully belong to God, that already rightfully belong to the kingdom of God. And I think it's exciting to be involved uh, in a season of a church like this where we are advancing and moving into something new, not just hunkering down here and trying to hold our own. Come on, there's a big city out there with a lot of people who need Jesus. Amen? So I'm going to share a few of our strategies here uh, that we're going to be teaching on, we'll be training on. I'm just giving you quick little snippets here tonight so you get a taste for what's coming. And like I said, this is applicable at both sites. Uh, I just mentioned this a minute ago. We are one church in two locations. Living Hope Church, same staff, same pastors, same teams, same everything, just in two different locations in our city. This is not a church plant where somebody's being sent away to do their own thing. Uh, This is us multiplying in a different region of our city. 
I believe in God that we're going to see this happen over and over and over in the years to come. Can I get an amen? What we're going to be looking at, there's going to be different elements of training around the areas of prayer, evangelism, and even some demographic training, uh, some demographic uh, statistical training of both sites and both locations. You know, when it comes to prayer, the church is a spiritual organization. How many know that? We can't do anything without the presence of God. I just said it a minute ago, right? The thing that makes the mission possible is because the Holy Spirit is with us and his power is with us. You and I as humans, we can't just take church as another franchised business that we're going to try to open and make work and be slick and have good marketing and believe it's just going to go berserk and tons of people will come. No, it's a spiritual endeavor. We have to be praying. We have to have the presence and power of God here. I absolutely love our worship team. I absolutely love the people who lead us in prayer. I absolutely love our C group leaders, our volunteers. I love everything about our church. But there are churches out there with more skilled musicians than some of ours, more skilled speakers than myself or the other ones who preach here, or more skilled uh, you know, kids ministers or youth leaders or whatever the case might be. The skill we're always working to improve on, but you know what you can't replace? The presence of God. Over and over and over, we hear these stories throughout the year, years where people walk in here and they start weeping in worship. That's what we are always going to see uh, valued here. We're always going to be a church that values the power and presence of God. I am never going to allow our church to just get into this competition mode where we're trying to outdo the other big famous churches around the world. There are some amazing churches around the world that God has released to be world famous. And perhaps that's what's going to happen to us one day, but we're not aiming for that. We're aiming to make him famous. We're aiming to make the presence of God real here where people walk in and they fall to their knees in the encounter of the presence of God. God can choose how well-known or how not well-known a church becomes. I want in our city and everywhere we establish ourselves for him to be made famous. We're going to record worship albums in this place. And I'm telling you, those worship albums are not just, they're going to be skilled and they're going to sound great because, hey, wouldn't you agree, our worship team is skilled and sounds great. Absolutely. Come on. But more than that, the anointing of God is going to come blasting out of people's speakers, blasting out of their earbuds. The anointing of God is going to hit people in their homes when they hear what's recorded from here because the presence of God is what you need in a church. Otherwise, we're a bunch of people hanging out in a big room, not doing much. The presence of God is what separates us. Amen? There's a a great story I read of a, a young fellow who felt God very clearly call him, and it was confirmed by his pastors and his leaders in his life to go and plant a church. And so he said, okay, I'm, I'm doing it, God. Got ready, got a plant team, got their name, their logo, their website, hitting door to door, you know, handing out flyers, doing everything that you should do. Talk to the experts on church planting. He didn't want to miss anything. Thought, I want us to do this right. I want us to have the most opportunity we can to tell people about Jesus. Really a sincere heart to tell people about Jesus. They did all this work, launched, and it only lasted a little while, and the church flopped, closed down. It didn't last. He was very discouraged, as you could imagine. Think, geez, God, like, we did everything right. And I know this was from you. Like, I know that I know that I know, and the people who I trust in my life, they said the same thing. And the itch, if you will, the call wouldn't go away. So got back up on the horse, said, okay, we're going to do this again. God's not letting this go inside of me. And even though that was very discouraging to fail, hey, God's bigger. Let's do this again. They did it again. 
just hit everything. I mean, they were making sure they didn't miss anything in their planning and in their preparation, the way they're impacting their neighborhood and sharing who they are and so on and so forth. Launched the second church. And shortly thereafter, however many months it was, I don't know, it just dwindled down and died and had to close up again. Two times. And now this guy is super discouraged. It's a lot of work has gone into this. A lot of strategy, a lot of team meetings. There's a whole bunch of people who are on board on the team. Everybody, you can imagine, is discouraged. And he was praying to God one day. And I suspect that day it was more just on the floor crying, like, God, what is happening? This is not going the way I envisioned it going. This is your idea, after all. What am I doing? And he said, God gave me a spiritual slap. Everybody ever had a spiritual slap across the face? And you're like, oh, wow. God has an amazing way of slapping us, but in a good way, right? Not the way we we might do it. And he said, God showed him, you've done everything wonderfully. You've really been diligent to learn the best techniques and to learn from the experts. But you forgot one thing, prayer, my presence. This is a church you're trying to plant. Not just opening up a new Starbucks or a new restaurant. All the promo, all the planning in the world is fantastic, but this is a church. Get your team together and start praying. Get your team together and start fasting. Get your team together and start prayer walking. And he said it was just a revelation. He tells the story, and I forget his name, but he tells the story and says, like, it's, it was almost embarrassing, really, to think here we are trying to plant a church and we forgot the most important part. Oh, we were doing some prayer, but we weren't just saturating this thing in prayer. We weren't really taking seriously the fact that this is a spiritual endeavor. And there's an enemy who wants to resist this at all costs. And they got together and they prayed. They started prayer walking. They committed to daily prayer. Still did all the other strategy stuff. The strategy stuff is great and it's, and it's good to do your best to have the best chance to win. But this one launched and this one succeeded and is still going to this day because it was birthed in the presence of God. Birthed in prayer. Church, we need to be a church that's praying more than ever heading into 2018. Come on, adjust your schedules, do what you got to do, develop new habits, talk to your C group leader, talk to a friend who you know prays, talk to a pastor, do whatever you got to do to learn to start meeting God and getting in the presence of God because we have to bathe this place in prayer heading into the new year. How many would say, I'm on board, I'm going to pray more than I usually pray. I'm going to change my lifestyle. I'm going to change, come on, we got to do it. Let's do this and watch what God will do. This is a spiritual endeavor, Amen. You know, one of the things we're going to look at is demographics. It's good to know who's in our neighborhoods, who it is we're trying to connect with, we're trying to reach, uh, we're trying to share the love of, of God with. I'm going to share a quick, quick uh, sneak preview with you here. I'm not going to give you too much of this because, again, this will be one of, the, uh, one of the training nights. Hamilton has 11 code red neighborhoods. Somebody know what this means, a code red neighborhood, probably very few of us. Basically, it's a neighborhood with too high uh, poverty levels. You know, just the poverty levels have gotten out of control, and so they've identified these neighborhoods that need extra attention. Okay, there's 11 code red neighborhoods, and you're probably going to be surprised by this. Both of our church locations are in one. There's only one on the mountain, and it's right here. So when I was doing the research on this, I thought, oh, okay, that, that piques my interest a little. It's good to know who you're connecting with, who you're loving on, who you've got to serve and minister to. Amen. The Rolston neighborhood here, Garth, from Garth Street to West Fifth, the link to Mohawk. This is the only mountain code red neighborhood. 
Uh, it has 35% of people in this neighborhood live below the poverty line. The city average is 18%. So basically double. The poverty rate is double uh, in this neighborhood. 50% of children under six live below the poverty line. Um, 10% higher uh, rental rates than average. 10% lower rate of home ownership, of course, as well. Uh, lots of uh, lower cost uh, housing. There's, within this area, right where we are here, uh, one of the neighborhoods that has come across some of these social challenges. Now, one of the main differences, of course, from this code red neighborhood compared to the other one, which I'll get to in a minute, where we are, is this one, once you move out of it, you're into not, you know, non-poverty type neighborhoods, whereas the, the one at Gage Park, it just keeps on going. It keeps spreading east and west uh, in both directions. So this one here, Double the, the city average in poverty. The other one where we are, Gage Park, is called South Sherman. It's a giant area, mind you. It goes from Burlington Street to the Escarpment, from Wentworth to Gage. 37% of people live below the poverty line. A couple percent more than here, even, live below the poverty line. 57% of children under six. Like we're closing in on two-thirds territory here of children under six in that neighborhood uh, live below poverty. Uh, live in the, in the poverty, below the poverty line. The other nine code red neighborhoods, as I said, they all stretch basically all from Queen Street to, you know, the Red Hill Expressway or beyond over to Lower Stony Creek. There's a couple as well. That's for the rest of the Marl and Hamilton. Well, it's good for us to know the needs in our area, the needs in our neighborhoods. I want to show you a couple of pictures here. I am so appreciative to you as a church for how we are going to be able to bless families in the Adelaide Hoodless School uh, down uh, at our Gage Park campus. Go ahead uh, and throw these pictures up. Last week, you know, we had a food drive here. We were able to collect enough food to provide 41 packages, 41 family boxes. Give yourselves a hand, church. There's a need, and I believe as a church, this is a real practical way we can help meet that need. One more way of showing, hey, we're here in this community to love on you. We hope that you encounter the love and the power and the presence of Jesus, but we also hope that we can bless you and serve you with your natural needs. Christmas coming up, right? This is a more intense time of the year for those who are struggling, right? Not being able to have Christmas dinners, not being able to get gifts and that sort of a thing for their children. Uh, what a great testimony of, to our church in one weekend to be able to provide that much food, that much uh, items for that area. Uh, this is one way that as a church we're going to show the love of Jesus. You should feel proud of yourself for coming in and having 41 families that are going to be blessed. And we've targeted that area. We've targeted that school. We've got relationships developed very well in that school. The principal of that school is just so grateful for us. Uh, we've had many people in that neighborhood say, we can't wait for your church to open. We want to come and see what you're all about. Check it all out. Well, this is a way to show the love of Jesus to people. And then my prayer, and I hope your prayer will be, they will walk through the doors of that place and encounter the power and the presence of God. Once the power and presence of God shows up, how many know that changes everything? Amen? We're going to be, uh, one of our, uh, some of the things we're going to firm up and share with you on the Wednesday night training coming up is how we're going to uh, run these services. We're going to have the same messages preached at both locations. Uh, we're going to have, uh, we're going to take advantage of video. Uh, we're going to do recordings here Saturday nights uh, is one idea, for example. Recording here Saturday night and then play it back at uh, Gage Park or play it back here Sunday morning and have a live speaker perhaps at the opposite site. Uh, we'll be able to take advantage of uh, using video technology, but it's going to be the same messages. It's going to be the same staff. It's going to be the same C group ministry. Uh, it's going to be the same church just doubled in, a, in another location. 
we're believing God that we'll be able to double uh, our impact and double uh, him being famous in our city. Amen? One of the things that we're really excited about is it's not just C group leaders or small groups and pastoral staff who are the ones responsible for connecting with people. We're going to be getting every single A team involved the same way that we do our C groups in learning to connect with people. We did some role playing on this at our last uh, team night. How many were here? You're all laughing. If those of you who are here, you know why you're laughing. That role playing got a bit wild. It probably won't look exactly like that out in the foyer, I don't imagine, the way it did that night. But we're going to be getting our A-teams, we're going to be getting our you know, youth ministry, young adults, kids, families. We're going to start connecting intentionally with people when they come to church. Not just hoping that a C-group leader can go find them and meet them or that they bump into the right people. We're going to be intentional in saying, hey, you've walked into the doors of our church. We want you to feel welcome and at home. We want to connect you with the right people. We're believing God that you're going to build some friendships and relationships here that will last a lifetime. We're going to go to the next, we're going to take it up a notch at both sites, both locations, uh, seeing uh, C groups and A teams connecting with people. We've got a training strategy we're going to talk about. There's a launch team uh, link on our website. For those who haven't been on there yet, if you head on to findhope.tv and click on the launch team logo there, there's a survey and a questionnaire for you to fill out. And I would love for those who haven't yet to head home tonight uh, and fill this out for us. We're looking to hear from people who are either making Gage Park their permanent home when it opens, because you know you live near there or it makes more sense to you, or you're able to say, I'll commit for 12 months. I'll be able to help you launch that thing for 12 months if I'm needed, uh, and then I can come back here. Maybe 12 months will turn into three. Maybe it'll be six. Maybe it'll be longer. We're going to see what sort of response we get, uh, and then we're going to be able to know who's on the launch team. Uh, So far, our response has been great. We've got about 90 people who have signed up and said, I'm I'm on board. I'm on the launch team. Uh, I want to be involved uh, in what God is doing there. We're going to be doing training Uh, in areas where we're going to be doing cross-training. So you might be in an area of ministry right now. We're going to do some cross-training for those who are willing uh, so that you can learn a different skill and be involved in a different A-team. We're going to be talking about character commitments. We're going to be talking about communication, about unity, uh, talking about spiritual maturity, humility, teamwork. Come on, how many know that this has to be a God thing if this is going to work? It has to be. There's no way around this. We can't just open the doors and hope it'll work. God blesses unity. It says he resists pride. I want to have the blessing of God on our lives and on our church. Amen? We're going to set goals of connecting with people. We're going to set goals of uh, being able to reach people uh, in both locations. We're going to have daily prayer as a requirement and something we do as, uh, as part of the campus launch team. And I would encourage you, no matter what campus you're a part of, let's up the daily prayer like we just talked about. Let's believe God that his power and his spirit is going to start to already permeate neighborhoods and homes and families even before we get a chance to chat with them, even before we get a chance to connect. Amen? (coughs) A number of weeks ago, I was out walking on our land that we own out on Pritchard uh, over in the East Mountain, and that's, as you know, for those who have been around long enough, that's a future church site as well that we've got there. We're believing God uh, once we get this campus open, that would become another location in the years ahead, a bigger church location out on Pritchard. And I was walking, and I was in one of those moods, in one of those, you know, weeks, you know, where you're just kind of mad. And I was praying to God, but my praying was more like crying and whining, to be honest with you. I was like, what's going on, God? This is land, you know, and I'm walking around on that land. 
And uh, I just, you know, walk, walking on it and praying on it. And uh, I felt God say to kneel down. I'm like, oh, come on, it's all muddy and stuff, you know. It's, this isn't the greatest spot to be kneeling down. And I'm just, eh, you know, sort of praying, but really just being a big baby, to be honest with you. I think God just said, kneel down. That's all he kept saying to me. I wasn't hearing anything. I wasn't really even asking for much, I don't think. I was just by myself, just saying whatever was on my heart to God, which is fine. How many have been there? You've had those moments. You just, God sees you. I'm sure God looks down sometimes chuckling at us like, okay, I, I got to give you some new hope here, don't I? How many are parents in here? How many sometimes, be honest with me now, your kids are having a meltdown over like, you know, a chocolate chip cookie that fell on the floor. And inside you're like, kind of laughing a bit like, wow, they're really freaking out over nothing. I think God is like that with us sometimes. They're really freaking out over not that big of a deal. So I, of course, knelt down, right? God, just kneel down, kneel down, kneel down. So I thought, okay, God, I'll kneel down. And the second my knees hit the ground, this is what God just dropped into my, into my heart and into my mind. Isaiah 43, 18 to 20. <coughs> it says, forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. The wild animals in the fields will thank me. The jackals and the owls, too, for giving them water in the desert. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. And I was, when I, later on when I uh, got my phone out and opened up my uh, Bible app, I was like, I want to go read before this where it says, at the beginning of verse 18, it says, forget all that. The very first thing I read, it says, forget all that. And I thought, I wanna, I'm going to read what that means. What are they forgetting? What is it that he's saying to forget, forget, forget all that? In verses 14 to 17, this is what it says. For your sake, I will send an army against Babylon, forcing them to flee in those ships they are so proud of. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator and king. I am the Lord who opened up a way through the waters, making a path through a dry path through the seas. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all of its chariots and horses. Okay, think about that. He called them forth. And I drew them beneath the waves, and they drowned. Their lives were snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. And he's saying to them, forget about all that. That's nothing compared to what's coming next. That's nothing compared to what I'm about to do. And we think those things are pretty amazing. We think those stories are pretty awesome. And God's saying, ah, whatevs. That's nothing compared to what's coming next. You wait and see what I'm going to do next. <coughs> you know, there are stories that maybe, maybe we need to tell these stories again. But I believe this is a word of the Lord for our church. You know, God dropped me to my knees, I believe, to drop this in, into my heart. There was a season back in the, in the 1980s in, in this church where it looked like it wasn't going to survive. My dad has told the story about when he became the pastor and how Pastor Dick Iverson from Portland left and told his wife, That's, that church won't be around much longer. He didn't say that here, thankfully, but he <laughs> said it privately, you know, in his chats with her. And to think that it was in that sort of condition that even a well-seasoned man of God like him would come by and say, this is just not going to work, but hey, we'll put you in as pastor and see what you can do. I don't know about you, but I think our pastors have done a pretty darn good job since the 1980s till now. Amen? (laughs) 
We think it was amazing how God opened the doors for this property, not, not, not this building, but the little church, the, the kids' wing, which used to be the church when we bought it uh, back in the 80s. And that was an amazing story. Big, you know, big wheeling buyers from Toronto trying to scoop it, and then they just disappeared and never, ever, ever, ever showed up again. Never contacted their agent, never contacted anybody, just fell off the face of the earth. And we were left as the only potential buyers. God was able to give it at a season where the church was not, uh, you know, maybe financially able to do something uh, really big. We have stories about people putting their homes on the line and borrowing from their mortgages so we could build this and expand back in the 1990s when this became the auditorium. This became the church. How many were here when this was built? This building we're in right now, this, this wing. See, look around, church. The rest of you all are here because of the faith of these people with their hands up who were willing to sacrifice and dig deep when it mattered. We saw God open up an amazing piece of land for us. Like, we bought that piece of land when there was nothing around there, and now it's the last piece with nothing on it, and its value has just been skyrocketing. It's in a great, great, great area of our city. It was amazing that God brought a buyer for our Main Street property this past year. After six months being on the market, they paid exactly full price to the penny what we listed it for. Six months after it had been on the market. How many know that's a God thing? Amen? And God wants you and I to know and to hear and to understand, hey, that's good and that's great and that should build your faith and those things are amazing that God did. But it is nothing compared to what I am going to do next. It is nothing compared to what's coming in the days ahead. That stuff was good for then, but watch out what's going to happen in the future. Some of you have gone through the battle of your life in recent months, in the last couple of years, because God is teaching you to stand strong, to learn how to be a pillar of strength, because you're going to need that strength in the future for what God's going to build through your life, for what God's going to build in your home and in your marriage. What God's about to do next is going to blow our minds, church. How many have received this? How many believe this is a word of the Lord for us? God's got a good plan of a hope and future for us. It is exciting to be a part of what he's doing. I believe that these breakthroughs of the past are nothing compared to what can happen with a unified, prayerful church going forward. Unified in vision, unified in spirit, unified in heart, unified knowing that he's the one we're serving. He's the one we're doing all this for. He's the one we're living for. He's done so much for us, we can't help but try to make his name greater and greater and greater in our city. Amen? I want to encourage you, don't grow weary as you do well, because at the right moment, you will reap if you don't give up. So often, the temptation for us comes to give up, I believe, just before the reaping season. The battle gets the most tough just before that reaping season. If you're familiar at all with armies and with war, especially, you know, maybe the old type of war, you know, before it was all technology and in the air, the battle rages the most when you're about to seize that piece of land, when the two parties are going back and forth and back and forth, and when you're trying to make that push and you want to become the one that establishes that as your territory, that's when the battle rages the most. Don't give up right then because you're just about to push into that new land. You're just about to push into that new territory. And that's what we've been doing as a church. That's what we've been experiencing as a church. Being in the midst of a, a battle season, you can look at it as a big downer and a big negative, or you can understand what's happening in the spiritual. We're in the midst of a spiritual battle because God has new territory for us. I'm actually going to be talking about this on the very last weekend of the year. 
the end of the year, before we start into the new year, God's given me a word about taking promised land and advancing into the promised land. The battle rages the most right before you advance. Link arms with one another, stand strong side by side, get into the word and in prayer like never before and say, God, I'll tell you one thing, the battle can rage all at once. I am not budging. I'm going to keep my eyes on you. I'm not listening to that. I'm not listening to that. I'm going to keep going straight ahead. I'm going to keep going where you've got for me. Amen? (coughs) How many are excited about our campus launch? How many are excited about what God's going to do in 2018? We've got some other amazing, cool things we're going to be sharing with you. My dad's going to share with you early in January, the first couple weekends of January. Some new things we're rolling out that we're beginning in our church, all part of the bigger picture and the bigger vision to help further equipping, further training, further uh, activating our gifts, uh, a further desire to see the power and presence of God uh, become more and more prominent here. I'm believing that the timing is just fantastic for 2018 to be a season where we push further, where we push ahead. Those of you who are here at prayer Wednesday night, you heard how this is now the time to be as faithful and diligent as ever with our giving to be uh, persevering with our giving, praying to God that there will be more miraculous financial provision that comes in that can allow us to complete the whole project, complete the whole building project. And we're believing God, he brought us this far, he's absolutely gonna get us to the end. He's absolutely gonna get us to the finish line, amen? Come on, this is gonna be a time of moving on and advancing. You're involved in something eternal. You're involved in seeing the kingdom of God built. Seeing God do something incredible in our city in 2018. As I mentioned earlier, I would love it if you could go online later on, fill out that survey, let us know if you've got a year commitment in you or that's going to be your home church. Whether, that's, whether you're in either one of those situations, maybe you're staying here at Gage Park, I want to encourage every single one of us, let's become people who pray like we've never prayed before. Let's become people who are looking to share the good news of Jesus like never before. We are going to start our Christmas series here next weekend. I want to encourage you to be inviting anybody you can out. I'm believing that Christmas time, what better time of year for people to come and meet Jesus than at Christmas? We're celebrating his birth. I believe there are people in your lives, in your neighborhoods, in your families, in your workplaces, in your schools. I believe they are there right now destined to come and meet Jesus and start their relationship with him during the Christmas season. How many are excited about what God's doing? Amen? Why don't we give God a hand tonight, church? Let's thank him for all that he's doing here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Go ahead. I'd like you to close your eyes for a second. We're going to finish up here tonight with a quick word of prayer. God, we're so grateful that we get to be involved in this season. We're involved in your kingdom. We're involved in your church. Lord, I pray that we would all understand the task at hand and we would say, hey, I'm going to do my part. Every prayer matters. Every act of service matters. Every volunteer matters. Every bit of giving we can do matters. It all matters because it's all for eternal purposes, God. Stir within us, Lord, a heart that says, I want the vision that God has placed before us to come to pass. Lord God, we thank you that you've met with us here tonight. Many of us have received words of hope and our faith has been rebuilt tonight faith has been rebuilt for our families faith has been rebuilt as we go through the seasons of battle that some of us are in right now lord we keep our eyes on you as a church we will not get distracted but we will keep our eyes fixed on you our amazing incredible loving heavenly father
Lord, I pray for anyone here tonight who's not yet begun their own personal relationship with you. They've not started their own journey with you. Lord, I pray that all through this evening, I believe that they've been encountering your presence, encountering your love, encountering how good your spirit is and how much you love them. Every single one of us in this room, Lord, I pray that we would leave here knowing that you love us.